statement. And Taiwan is always at the you know, the risk of um, you know just being shut out because China says, well, if you don't agree to our conception of Taiwan-China relations, which is the 92 consensus, then we're not going to say you could go. So previously mm-hmm. under President Ma Ying-jeou, who agreed to the 92 consensus, Taiwan did participate at the World Health Assembly under President Tsai, who doesn't accept uh, the 92 consensus, then China says, no, we're, we're, we're going to object. So the, the chances still remain very remote. Uh, you know, in a way, it, it's, it's a bad position for Taiwan to, to get into because uh, they keep saying they want to get in, and then these countries seem to make Taiwan happy by issuing a statement saying, oh, we'd love for Taiwan uh, to, to get there as a participant or an observer, and, and Taiwan seems happy, and those other countries seem happy, but it's not like all those other countries are going to walk out of the WHA over this issue, and in fact, mm-hmm. we see with the Biden administration, uh, you know, on a second day, it said we're coming back into the World Health Organization, despite the Trump administration's announcement earlier that the U.S. was going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I wish uh, Taiwan would take a tougher stance on this issue and simply say uh, WHA, WHO, you, you could you know you could stick it where the sun don't shine uh, because we just don't need to uh, participate <laughs> in an organization that doesn't want us. That's, that's the thing that you you normally do, don't you? If you don't want us, we won't join. Thank you very much indeed. That's Ross Feingold, business development director at SafePro Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. In the markets around Asia, all of C have read the ASX 200 off half a percent down in Australia. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down about one and three quarters percent at the moment uh, in South Korea. The Cosby is also off half a percent. Uh, futures markets indicating the Hang Seng is going to drop about 220 points at the open. Uh, commodities also falling. Brent crude oil is at $68.14 a barrel. Gold is at $1,834 an ounce. And that's it from Money Talk this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned for Back Chat in just a moment with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today, hot with sunny periods, maximum temperature going to be around 32 degrees in the urban area and it's going to stay like that in the next couple of days as well. There will also be a few isolated showers. 29 degrees right now, 79% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The Association for Democracy and People's Livelihood says its 19 district councillors will carry out their duties until the last minute to serve their grassroots supporters. This is despite dozens of their pro-democracy colleagues resigning recently over a refusal to pledge allegiance to the government. Howard Lee, the party's acting vice chair and Shamshupo district councillor, says the future is very, very unclear after Beijing made electoral changes in Hong Kong, which he says target Democrats and adds barricades to their work. Our supporters, voters, and in our constituencies systematically, and we have been discussed among ourselves. Most of the feedback suggests that we should stay and continue to serve. And this might be due to the grassroots background of our party, of our voters, and who are desperate for our services, especially in the time of pandemic. The Israeli military has conducted airstrikes in the Gaza Strip on a day of escalating violence between the Palestinians and Israeli security services. Palestinian officials say 20 people, including nine children, were killed in the strikes. Here's the BBC's Tom Bateman. The Israeli strikes come amid repeated rounds of rocket fire into Israel by the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Part of the first barrage was targeted some 50 miles away towards Jerusalem, where a day of tensions was already boiling over. 
Earlier in the day, at Al-Aqsa Mosque compound, the heart of Jerusalem's most sensitive holy sites, heavily armed Israeli police fired stun grenades and rubber bullets at Palestinians who threw stones and other objects at them. The events could lead to further rounds of fighting. A cybercriminal gang that took a major U.S. fuel pipeline offline over the weekend has acknowledged the incident in a public statement. Darkside wrote on its website that its goal was to make money and not to create problems for society. Emergency legislation to allow fuel to be more easily transported by road has come into effect. The FBI has confirmed that Darkside was responsible for Friday's ransomware cyber attack on colonial pipelines networks. President Biden promised action against those responsible. We have efforts underway with the FBI and DOJ, Department of Justice, to disrupt and prosecute ransomware criminals. And my administration will be pursuing a global effort of ransomware attacks by transnational criminals who often use global money laundering networks to carry them out. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today we're talking about Hong Kong teachers and about falling rockets. According to a recent survey by a teachers' union, two in five teachers say they have decided or inclined to leave the profession. 71% of those who said they might quit cited increasing political pressure as a major reason, with 55% saying they were also dissatisfied with the city's social environment. Some 38% said they were unhappy with education policies. Well, the Education Bureau says insists that it's normal for some teachers to quit every year. Will they really change jobs? And if so, why? What is the situation actually like for teachers in Hong Kong? What then is the outlook for education here? After 9.15 we're going to be discussing the re-entry of Chinese rocket debris. The remains of uh, China's Long March 5B rocket fell into the Indian Ocean over the weekend. How much debris is floating around in space? How often does it fall down? Is China more careless than other launches? Let us know your thoughts, your questions and comments you can uh put your thoughts on our facebook page that's backchat on rthk radio 3 you can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us and our number is 233-88266 that's 233-88266 um we've got some uh, emails on, on different topics which i think I'll, I'll put in later but uh, i do owe an email to matthew who i i said i'd yesterday i'd read out this email which i didn't read out on friday so um let's kick off with with uh, matthew's uh, who did write this on Friday. He said, It's impressive to see some RTHK staff, like Hong Kong Connections producer Paul Lee, putting his principles above all else. This clearly takes a lot of courage and personal sacrifice. The RTHK News Twitter account is another example that, at least for now, it's still possible to do some good from within this organisation before its transformation from an outstanding public broadcaster to a Ministry of Truth-style authoritarian government mouthpiece is complete. These kinds of choices are obviously very difficult and intensely personal ones, which at some level all Hong Kong people are struggling with at the moment. However, personally, I prefer to see RTHK and hopefully also Backchat make the choice to stand on their principles in the remaining moments of freedom rather than slowly drift into some mutated form of compromised, neutered longevity. That is from Matthew. Thanks for your view, Matthew. Backchat.rthk.hk is our email address. Joining us now, we have uh, Hoi Han Wing. Um, Mr Hoi is a lecturer in the Department of Education Policy and Leadership at the Education University. And Feng Wai Wa, who's president of the Hong Kong Professional Teachers Union, the union that uh, came up with this survey. Uh, Mr Feng, good morning to you. 
Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for, for joining us. Just tell us the background to this survey, first of all. Uh, did, uh, h- how was it done and who, who responded, how many, and what were the findings, that kind of thing? Well, we actually sent emails to our members and uh, uh, among our members who are working in the primary and secondary sector and also the kindergarten sector. And um, uh, totally uh, over 100, and, uh, well, uh, uh, over 1,100 uh, respondents well, actually, uh, we answered our question here, and uh, it is actually uh, quite uh, re- uh, representative because it's over a thousand, and also uh, these those are our members, and they are really taking uh, well the stand, and so they can uh, respond to to our question here. And uh, the major finding I, I think is uh, is quite alarming because uh, uh, over well nearly well twenty percent of the uh, respondents. Uh, actually have planned uh, to leave the uh, education sector in Hong Kong. And, um, well, it, uh, apart from that, well, there are another 20% who might consider to leave the education sector in Hong Kong. So, with, well, such a high percentage, it is quite alarming. Well, which the uh, education bureau uh, responds that say that it's normal. I think, well, they are actually not, well, comparing to the, uh, uh, well, past data. Because as we know, in the past, usually, well, the uh, turnover rate is uh, less than 10% each year. So with such a high percentage, well, we, we, which we, well, find out, uh, it is quite alarming. The education bureau should, uh, well, look upon this data and think about the reasons and try to uh, keep the uh, manpower situation in the education sector, well, the state stable. Okay, um, Mr. Fung, have you done yes. a similar survey last year, or is this the first one? Uh, no, not actually, because the education bureau provides uh, quite um, detailed data in the in the past. So we did not do this kind of uh, survey, but because of the uh, well, the uh, social situation, which is quite well, I, I think is deteriorating, and also the political pressure from the government and also from the pro-establishment camp is uh, quite serious. So we want to uh, find out for how this actually affects the uh, manpower situation in in the education sector. So we do this uh, survey well, just for this year. Okay, for for the thousand plus uh, respondents, uh, I guess they answer an online questionnaire, and and yep. so this is not a random sampling, um, you know, Dr. Robert Chung kind of um, survey, correct? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's not a random sample. So, but in the past, we usually well, well, well did the survey well in such way because uh, doing a uh, well, systematic sampling uh, well survey is quite uh, uh, difficult. Well, I think uh, it is even the um, Education Bureau is not, well, usually did in that way. Yes, I, I guess the PTU uh, knows uh, most of the schools in Hong Kong. You know, have you had um, collected also stories, uh, qualitative stories to understand um, the, the main reasons and, um, you know, would uh, these numbers add up? Uh, as well, you know, to the to the qualitative, um, you know, uh, stories. No, oh, no, not for this one. Uh, but we, well, in a separate um, uh, circumstances, we actually uh, got in touch with uh, many teachers, and we know that uh, a lot, quite a number of schools principals who are told us that uh, people are leaving, 
and they are uh, resigning, and especially uh, well uh, with the end of this semester, many will actually well go. Um, some of them might well migrate to other countries. Most of them will choose to to well go to Britain, the UK, and uh, some of them to other countries. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, all these kind of stories. Yeah, but not for the uh, this survey. We actually have asked some qualitative comment from the uh, respondents, and many mentioned that uh, the political pressure and also the uh, policy from the education bureau, well, um, are the major reasons for them to uh, consider to leave the profession. Or is it that those people who are planning to leave the, the profession and many of your members and the people who responded were more or less yellow, yellow inclined, and basically um, they've lost and that's why they're leaving the profession? All the respondents are our members, yeah. But um, our members covered about um, well, 80 or 80 something percent of the, all the teachers in Hong Kong. So it is quite well. Can uh, I can claim that we can have a wide spectrum of uh, representation from uh, the uh, different sectors in, in the Hong Kong professional or uh, Hong Kong teaching profession. So I think uh, it is uh, having a well certain level of uh, representativeness, and they are not just uh, uh, what others claim yellow teachers. Right, I'm just wondering, you know, um, uh, how much of an increase uh, is this percentage, uh, i.e. families who are planning to leave Hong Kong? Because as far as I understand, uh, I've got a lawyer friend who has immigrated to Australia. I've got a, a friend who works in an, is in an NGO, a non-profit organization. She's also planning to leave. So I guess this is, you know, uh, uh, a Hong Kong thing and is um, not just uh, about teachers. Would yeah, you I certainly agree. Yeah, because we heard well many uh, stories from other friends in different professions, and uh, even uh, many of my friends are planning to leave, and uh, already have left Hong Kong. Some of them are social workers. Some of them are nurses or uh, medical teachers and medical doctors. And so uh, there are well, actually many stories from a wide spectrum of professions. Okay. Uh, Hoi Hun Wing, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. Does this tally with uh, your impression? Do you have any information or feeling about um, what teachers, especially teachers with longer experience, are doing now? Well, uh, I have some chances to talk to my friends in the education sector. Uh, personally, I know nearly about 10 teachers on, uh, have left or designed to be. Carry on. Yeah, Mr Hoi? in the middle of the school year and then uh, not just leaving the profession but they plan to leave Hong Kong. Uh, some of them leave uh, to UK, Australia, Canada and Taiwan. Uh, some of them decide to leave even more and they're planning to leave Hong Kong not just quit the profession. Uh, in the coming one or two years they have some uh, decision and some planning. Uh, I think especially with uh, those with children, uh, they are more eager to leave. I would say they don't trust the education system anymore, even though they are teachers. So uh, I think uh, some people would argue, uh, would argue that uh, although it's a norm, 
for the so-called middle-class people in Hong Kong, uh, just like our school teachers, they would plan to send their children study abroad. Uh, but uh, from our conversation, the imposing of the, imposing of the uh, national security law is speeding up the decision. And I think more importantly, parents, uh, especially of our teachers, they are designed to give, in, to give up a career to start a new life overseas. I would say, uh, just like uh, Mr. Fong said, uh, it is an alarm to the government. But of course, I, I don't think Carrie Lam will agree it's her fault to push the people of Hong Kong uh, uh, leaving. Uh, but I think it can be proved for her views in the interview uh, days ago with the Australian media. So, um, you're, you're referring to the where she said that people who were leaving Hong Kong, everyone who was leaving Hong Kong, was a fugitive. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Um, but I think that was denied by the administration later. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Is. I'm just wondering, you know, what is the sort of seniority of these teachers who are planning to leave, Mr. Ho? So, for example, are they in their uh, early 30s, mid 30s, or 40s? Do you know? Or you it's around 40. Idea? Most of them are around 40. Uh, for their uh, ranking in their school is in some uh, middle management uh, levels. Uh, for example, their, pen, uh, their panel heads or even the vice principal of the school. And what do you think will be the implication of uh, these um, um, so middle management leaving the school? Uh, I think it would affect the school's management, especially uh, the school's for example, the principal or the SMC need to have some more plan for the succession of their management. Uh, I think it's quite an alarming situation now in our primary and secondary school because the middle level of the management are leaving their profession, leaving their, their, their job, uh, it would come out some management problems uh, for the, both of the schools in Hong Kong. Uh, of course, some people, including CY Lung, will say, good, uh, we want to change the education system. We want to freshen the education system in Hong Kong. That um, the education system was in many ways uh, responsible for the uh, chaos in 2019, or at least did nothing to stop the chaos in 2019. And it's good. We need a change. But I think uh, you may see the... I think the most important part is... Uh, you, can, you may see EDB uh, from since nine, uh, 2019, uh, they show the attitude that they no longer to respect teachers' profession, uh, the teachers' professional, especially uh, some cases show that uh, they even, uh, even the teacher uh, being proved innocent under school investigation of some cases, uh, they, the EDB still insist their judgment and cancelling the teacher's professional registration for life. And I think it, it, it doesn't threaten the school management for their different views with EDB. I think uh, this kind of consensus with the uh, school sector, I think is the main problem. Um, uh, as far as you know, Mr Ho, uh, when these teachers um, leave Hong Kong and they go to other countries, it is certainly not easy for them to continue as a teacher because... Yeah. You know, those, uh, you know, countries will have their own professional qualifications. 
Yeah. So it means an early retirement, but you say they're only in their 40s. Yeah. Uh, I have some friends uh, told me uh, some of them try to do some accreditation in overseas uh, to see whether their teacher uh, professional status can be referred to that country. Uh, but uh, most of them, most of them are trying to change their profession from teachers to another. Maybe they start a small business. Maybe they will try to do some other kind of jobs. But I agree, uh, it's not easy for our teachers to change their job, uh, to change their profession from teaching to another. Fung Wai Wa, you know, um, obviously what was striking about 2019, one of the things that was striking about 2019 was the number of young people uh, who were involved, school-age uh, uh, boys and girls who were involved. Uh, do you accept that the the teaching profession must have bear some kind of responsibility, must be held well, accountable in one way or another for what happened then? I think absolutely I, I would not agree because uh, it is because of the mismanagement of the government. Well, that well, is the major cause of the uh, uh, social unrest. And, uh, well, they just try to put the brain finding a scapegoat on education so that they can well, shake their, their uh, responsibilities. Why was it young people then? Why was it students and school children who were so much at the front? So I think there's uh, many reasons because, uh, well, actually many students or many residents are actually uh, uh, feeling dissatisfied with the uh, uh, government and also with the uh, well uh, uh, the bill, the amendment of the bill. So I think uh, that is a major reason. Not just students, well, people from all well age groups are actually feeling that uh, the government is uh, doing a wrong thing and also refuse uh, to uh, have uh, uh, well a dialogue with the uh, residents. So I think that is the major reason. But people or the young people, they want to have a well better future, and they deserve for it, and they want to voice out their well dissatisfaction, and also ask the government to uh, amend or to remedy the situation. But actually, the government failed to do so by returning to oppression and uh, making all kinds of uh, well uh, restrictions in every aspect of our life, not just in education. But we blame the education for doing a wrong thing because uh, we, we actually in the past we uh, trained students to be independent thinkers and they well learned how to think independently. So they will uh, judge what is right and what is wrong. So that is the, the, the answer, uh, not uh, because of they are actually uh, violence or uh, they, they are actually uh, thinking uh, in a different way. Then we, we well, treasure the, uh, our young people. So we have to well, fight for a better future for them. But in fact, right now, well, the situation is worsening. So people in Hong Kong are, well, in all professions or all sorts of life, if they are capable, they are trying to think to leave Hong Kong. I think uh, the government have to look into this and not just turn a blind eye, well, just uh, pretending that there's nothing happening. I think it will not well, contribute to well, resolve the problem. So we, we do this survey because we want the government to uh, take a serious consideration on this and not just to deny that everything is normal.
But what could the government do? I mean, on the one hand, I think schools still have a little bit of uh, autonomy, um, you know, to adjust the curriculum in accordance with the needs of their students. Uh, and then, um, you know, but the education system as a whole, I think, needs a, a lot of improvement, in particular, you know, as it relates to the weaker students. Uh, you know, you know, how could we motivate the, the sort of weaker students to do better so that they have more hope for the future and to have more social mobility? Um, you know, what sort of areas do you think should the government focus on? Well, I think only uh, for students. I think uh, they would like to have a curriculum that is um, uh, more uh, open and not just uh, provide them with a one-sided um, wheels. And also they want to have a fair system so that they can, if they try hard, they can mobilize to have their higher social class. So uh, with the um, um, education system right now, they think that well, something is not happening well uh, in the right or correct rate because uh, you see, in the past year, um, when there are some well, um, uh, changes in the ed in the examination or assessment process, just because they are they, they found that there are one or two uh, questions in the exam papers that is problematic, but they have the, in, well actually introduced many well, uh, measures to try to change the whole system, and also for the curriculum well. Uh, just take the liberal studies uh, subject as an example. Uh, the, with the well, original aim is to try to well train our students to be independent thinkers, to be critical thinkers, and they can well um, uh, have a well more uh, social well, sense. But right now they take away all this. Well, just introduce some kinds of one-sided um, context. The, uh, emphasizing on the achievement of the uh, home country and also uh, uh, emphasize the relationship uh, between Hong Kong and mainland. So I think this, uh, well, should be a teach. But there are others what we have to do. Well, so uh, I think uh, okay. yes, the curriculum is uh, going in, uh, well, actually a wrong way. All right. Well, Hoi Hon Wing, you were involved in, you know, putting together the liberal studies uh, curriculum and the, the subject, and it's no more now, no more liberal studies, uh, in essence. Um, does that mean we'll be getting different kinds of people? Would you think the, the, the new cohorts will be uh, different to, the, to their elders? Well, uh, I, well, I think that learning is not just in the classroom teaching and the classroom lessons. Uh, students they can learn uh, just like on the internet or to get the information they want. They want to know um, somewhere else outside the classroom. So I don't think just uh, cancelling the liberal study to change to another subject will change the situation. But uh, on top of Mr. Mr. Fong's view, I think the education system should be more diverse. Uh, for example, to do more on the applied education uh, in order to cater for the different learning needs of our children. Um, Mr. Ho, you um, you teach at the Education University in Hong Kong, uh, so you are actually teaching uh, the prospective teachers. Those students of yours uh, will be teachers in the future. Are there still a big number of them? Are they worried about entering the profession now? Well, uh, I can say uh, more and more of my uh, of students on my own uh, consider not to 
enter the teaching profession uh, because of the pressure and because uh, they think they will no longer to do whatever they want to do in the classroom. So uh, in these few years, I, I see the trend that they are now more and more students considering not to enter the teaching profession. But they are at the education university, so they're taking other majors and, and not education as a major. No, uh, in our university, uh, most of our students are studying the uh, Bachelor of Education program. Uh, after the graduation, they're eligible to register as a teacher. But uh, although they will get the certification, uh, they are considering not to go to school for their uh, career, for their career development. Okay. And how about your colleagues? Are they uh, contemplating to leave um, the education university or leaving Hong Kong? Uh, as far as I know, uh, yes, quite a number of them. What's your impression, Ada? Are teachers going? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, sorry, I was just asking Ada because she's involved. I, in well, I had one teacher in my school who immigrated last year, and this year I have two. So, so yes, it's, a, it's like a double... But, but still um, low level, but, yeah. But still, but leaving uh, the profession or the people staying. Well, in the uh, you know, I think they're leaving Hong Kong, and well, at the same time, I do see people who are still very committed to education. They would like to do more for the young people of Hong Kong, and they're entering the profession. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Hoi Hon Wing, thank you very much indeed for joining thank us, you. lecturer in the Department of Educational Policy and Leadership at the Education University. Fung Wai Wai will stay with us, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation. We're also going to be talking about space debris uh, after nine fifteen with Professor Quentin. Parker from the University of Hong Kong. The weather before the news, it's going to be hot today with some sunny periods around and temperatures up to about 32 degrees in the urban area, uh, areas and a little bit warmer in the new territories. Also some isolated showers, 29 degrees, relative humidity is at 80%. To be just off the Indonesian coast. The project mapped an area roughly equivalent to the size of France, but this still leaves four fifths of Earth's sea floor to be surveyed to the same kind of modern standard. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, the future of the education sector uh, with a survey finding that uh, some 40% of teachers uh, in the survey uh, said that they decided to leave the profession, uh, some leaving Hong Kong as well. And uh, most said that that was uh, because of political pressure. Uh, 55% said they're dissatisfied with the social environment in Hong Kong. 38% said they were unhappy with education uh, policies. Uh, what to make of that? We were talking in the first part of the programme to a lecturer at the Education University. Still with us is uh, Fung Wai Wa, who's president of the Hong Kong Professional Teachers Union, the union who conducted the survey. Later, we're also going to be talking about space debris with bits of the uh, Chinese rocket falling over the uh, Indian Ocean uh, at the, uh, the weekend. What's going on there? Can we expect more of it? As this is a growing problem. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. As ever, you can email bankchat at RT hk.hk you can call us on 233-88266 or you can go to our facebook page that's back chat on rthk radio 3 uh we've got some sort of housekeeping uh, emails which i'll we'll get to a little bit later and some on on uh, the perennial uh, covid things Jay, though, says, uh, much as you were saying many of the teachers may be resigning, uh, many of the teachers are actually on very good salary and will not actually be able to get a job with the same salary again should they resign. And when RTHK starts telling everyone the real immigration costs of moving to England and the job situation, people will be...
will be rethinking again. Is it worth it? The Education Bureau is to teach education and so are teachers. Why do children need to learn politics at six years old? They need to learn politics at an age they can understand. Please get an immigration officer on RTHK to explain all the real costs and lawyers of taking your family to England. That comes uh, from Jay. Do you mean an immigration officer from Hong Kong or an immigration officer from the UK? Uh, Jay. And uh, a comment from uh, Herman. Uh, with the subject teachers and stress. Herman says, while the notion of many teachers quitting sounds awful, let's also remember that the lockdown and forced reliance on remote education has stressed both teachers and students, with the former having to instruct without many of their normal feedback mechanisms, thereby reducing their effectiveness, no doubt angering parents and making teachers' jobs that much harder. Additional remedial work for many students will clearly be needed. The Teachers' Union survey does not factor in this added stress and workload nor does it ask a more basic question. If teachers are as apolitical as they claim and are not teaching anything inflammatory, why do teachers want to quit allegedly over political fears? Do they fear past attempts to instil critical thinking skills have failed and they'll have to learn something new to teach? Because I've taught here for some time and I have seen no tangible evidence of improved critical analysis among students other than they whine more. And didn't we ask just a few years ago that given population birth trends there could be a glut of graduating teachers and with the latest RTHK story about fewer local women giving birth could demand for teachers start to wane soon. This combined with the economic situation means that most teachers who want to leave the profession will likely not be able to find work at the same levels they've grown accustomed to. Finally, it's always nice to hear from my good pal Maoist Matthew, who in addition to the title of comedy champ and revealer of the Great Tennessee Firewall, can now add CCP conspiracy theorists to his list of titles. Imagine if he were teaching here what kind of convoluted thinkers uh, he could produce. Uh, Feng Wai Wa. Uh, what, what about that point? That we are in, a, in an extraordinary situation at the moment with the lockdown, with schools, you know, going online and then going back again and doing half days. It's a very unusual distance time for teachers isn't it it's, it's not really can we get a, 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 a true portrait of what their plans are at this now um yeah well teachers are facing a difficult time in the past one and a half years um, but they are trying to cope with it and they are coping well with this situation so although they are stressed and uh, uh, they can still well um, well uh, function well in the new situation I think those kinds of stress are not the main reason for them to well, well withdraw from the uh, profession. And um, as I heard uh, those uh, uh, comments on uh, the uh, audience, I think, well, um, the major reason is that teachers, just like other people, most of them are parents. And well, I've, I heard about the major reason is that they think that uh, they want their children to have a better uh, more balanced education in another place, and they do not want uh, their children well to to be bring up in a uh, place which are deteriorating and also with a uh, well a government or some other people always telling uh, awful things. And so I think well, teachers are just what not uh, the uh, among those professionals. They are fear about the deteriorating social situation and the political oppression. So uh, not just to pinpoint why teachers are living. We should ask why people are living. And what well, it is why we have to well, take this alarm 
and respond, and then to try to remedy the situation. I think um, not just because, uh, 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 as some audience claim, uh, that, uh, well, uh, if teachers are doing well, then why they have to leave? And I, we also asked teachers or respondents in, the, in our survey, and still many are still want to stay in Hong Kong. And among them, they say that they want to, to uh, uh, take the position and try to protect their students and also to teach the, their students on the right track. So they still want, uh, want to um, uh, stay in, the, in their well, um, profession to try to educate our students so that we are not deteriorating so fast. They are trying to defend the education sector in Hong Kong. Um, Mr. Fong, in the last few months, uh, you don't really have a voice in LegCo. Um, there is no um, LegCo member representing teachers. And in the future, uh, you might not have a seat. I mean, PTU might not have a seat. Um, how, how big of a difference is it for you to lobby and advocate what you want um, you know, to the government and in particular the Education Bureau? Yeah, it, will be, it became uh, much more difficult. Uh, because uh, with well, our, with our legislative council member, well, the government well, that actually turned a blind eye to us and failed to uh, well, have dialogue with us. And I think even for just a professional body or a, a teachers union, the government should have dialogue with us. But within the past uh, um, uh, one and a half years, well, such kind of dialogue have vanished, and the education bureau was just well, listening to the other side only. And for the official consultations uh, occasions, they even um, did not invite us to join. So I think it is the government that is um, turning uh, well that with the back backing us. So that so we can well actually reflect our opinion to them. So that is why. Sometimes we have to uh, uh, do some sort of press conference to, to let the public know about the situation or problems or difficulties we are facing, and then trying to let the government to respond. But the government or the education bureau uh, is not responding quite properly. For example, for this time, they did not talk about the, uh, well, the trend of a uh, teacher leaving the profession. They just talk about uh, uh, criticize our methodology. Well, that is not the focus of the problem. Of we have we want them to well actually focus on the problem and have some reflection and then respond. Uh, you're getting a lot of though very direct, very strong criticism uh, from uh, executive councillors uh, and other politicians. Tommy Chung uh, said you have a long history of harbouring bad elements. Eunice Young uh, said that uh, you had promoted materials in support of the 2019 protests. Uh, Priscilla Lung said that your union spread lies and wrong ideas. It said it should be handled uh, by the government. There's a lot of hostility to the PTU, isn't there? We are actually opposing to the uh, uh, extradition bill, the amendment. That is our position. So we have uh, well, produced some kinds of materials to let our members know, to know about the pros and cons of the amendments. And it is, uh, um, I think, we should all we should do. So we are doing all kinds of things, but except illegal things. So we are actually doing all kinds of this with the 
uh, under the uh, well, the permission of the law. For example, when we organized the rally or well protest, we got the uh, well uh, permission from the uh, police. With that, we will organize such kinds of uh, peaceful occasion for teachers to voice out their discontent. So I think the position is clear. Well, we think that the uh, extradition bill, the amendment, is wrong. So we voice out. So we are not, well, actually encouraging or fostering violence. We actually, well, did not agree to use uh, violent means to, to express their discontent. Well, um, I guess it is um, it is a good idea to do the survey to understand the teachers' um, uh, concerns and um, you know their plans. But uh, on the other hand, I think um, as a teachers' union, uh, do you? Do you do more more than that? Let, for example, you know, be more constructive and um, perhaps um, empower the teachers to be more resilient and to do more for the for the children for our next generation. Um, so of course, of course, we will do that, and we uh, have been doing all of this. We have all kinds of activities, professional training programs for teachers. Uh, if you ask me, uh, well, among all our work, over eighty percent. Is actually doing uh, uh, some professional or training, or well, to trying to facilitate teachers to well teach well and uh, benefit the students. But only some well effort was being spent on political affairs. You know, that is because we want to have more resources uh, to be uh, put in the education sector, so that we can have, for example, uh, more manpower, so that we can have a better system a better policy uh, for us to work under. So I think, um, well, actually the majority work of our union is actually to provide what our, our members uh, need. For example, professional training, some kinds of welfare services, um, but they are still wrong because we want to have a better education system. Uh, okay, here's, here's some thoughts. So this is from Matthew, uh, who says, Anecdotally, almost everyone I know who is leaving or has already left is doing so because of the mainlandization and destruction of the education system. These restrictions will inevitably also extend to international schools. This is not a yellow or blue thing because Hong Kong's pragmatic patriots are motivated by self-interest only and don't believe in or trust the CCP any more than pro-democracy people. If you ever get a pro-CCP person on the programme again, ask them where they kids studied? The answer will almost certainly be in an international school in Hong Kong and or in a Western democracy. Nixie Lam is a classic example. Same with the CE's son, the education secretary's children, and even the son of the chief patriot, the DAB's Tam Yu Chung. That's uh, from uh, Matthew. Fung Wai Wai, do you see people, uh, uh, more people sending their children to international schools to, to avoid the... Uh, uh, or is it early days, really, to, you know, to avoid uh, patriotic education and all those other things? Yeah, um, uh, I uh, didn't observe this trend, mm -hmm. but instead, uh, well, many teachers, many of our members, are considering to send their children to study abroad. Well, well much earlier than they planned before, and uh, to try to uh, give them an option so that they can study in another world, uh, society, under another system. Uh, um, even then, if well, they finish study, they can choose whether to stay uh, abroad or to return to Hong Kong. So I think that is quite common uh, among the professionals and also among teachers. 
Okay, well, Fung Wai Wan, many thanks for joining us, President of the Hong Kong Professional uh, Teachers Union. Uh, thanks for that. A uh, couple more comments. Jay says, if experienced and old teachers resign, there will be a lot of up-and-coming new student teachers without experience. Is this good for a new generation of kids? That uh, question uh, from uh, Jay. Uh, and uh, let's see, one more uh, from David, who says, out of the 474 uh, respondents, uh, most of them, some 337, cited increasing political pressure as their main reason for leaving the education sector. I thought teachers were supposed to be non-political uh, while teaching in the first place. They just confirmed that they were indeed political throughout. Good riddance. That's from David. Uh, David, thanks for, for that. Um, uh, on other issues, uh, Vic responding to a uh, comment from uh, well, Matthew uh, says, uh, "Dear Bakshet, if I was not such a big fan, would have assumed the delay in the letter from Michael being oh, sorry from Matthew being read out after such a delay was because it had to go through a vetting panel." LOL. Just kidding, guys. Maybe predicting the future. Uh, Matthew, be ready for that midnight knock on your doorsteps. LOL again, says uh, Vic. Vic, that's hilarious. And James says, good morning. I absolutely support Matthew's email. We may disagree with your choice of topics, choice of co-host and choice of guests, but you give us, the citizens of Hong Kong, a voice which can be heard around the world. It's so crazy to think that something like a talkback radio show is now on the endangered species list. Please try your best to survive while your patriotic listeners work out how to ensure you do survive. Uh, that's from uh, James. As far as I know, we're not on the endangered species list. I can only say that, James. I haven't heard no suggestion um, that they're about to uh, do away uh, with uh, back chat. Um, Alan says, uh, this morning, on Monday, yes, yesterday, uh, I mentioned in my email that back chat forced us to use Facebook to see the upcoming back chat topics. Uh, Hugh said this was not so. In fact, your Facebook page is updated late afternoon of the day before with the upcoming topic. The actual RTHK webpage is updated only after the show has aired. People handling the management of their lives over to Facebook, which forces anyone who wants to interact with them to also use Facebook is why it is also uh, pervasive. That comes uh, from uh, Alan. Uh, Alan, I think you can look at Facebook. You can look at posts without having to uh, join uh, Facebook. Um, Ada, is that right? I, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. No, well, well, because it, well, it, it is nice if we you can like uh, the back chat Facebook page, but you can just click on it. You and, can just and click read, on it without and joining. Read, uh, comments. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, Mary says, "Dear back chat, as predicted, the gerrymandering of Legco is going to cost the taxpayer squillions." Quote, legislative council plans involve adding four floors to existing building and a new 10-storey structure connected to the main block, unquote. All this to accommodate an additional 20 rubber stamps. I would remind taxpayers filling out their returns this month that in 2009, the town planning board approved the potential expansion of the whole legislative council complex, although only one additional floor above the office block was included in the Tamar development project for completion in 2011. The additional floor was subsequently used to accommodate the offices of 10 additional members for the fifth legislative council in 2012. Note, one floor equals 10 members. The five-storey council block is connected to the lower floors of the office block, providing easy access for 
members and staff to commute between the two blocks. The design of the conference and office facilities in the complex is to cater for a maximum of 120 members. So clearly no need for an additional GFA. So at most an additional three floors to the office block would be more than sufficient to provide offices for the additional 20 and general secretarial. Our stingy government insists that it cannot afford to provide financial assistance to citizens who find them in dire straits because of the impact of COVID. But when it comes to concrete pouring, its generosity knows no bounds. Hopefully there is some mechanism for Joe Public to voice out this flagrant abuse of public funds without being arrested for whatever. That comes from Mary. Thanks very much indeed for that. Back chat at rthk.hk. Finally today, uh, we wanted to turn to the issue of uh, rockets falling uh, out of the sky. Uh, headlines made uh, this uh, weekend um, after uh, sections of the Long March 5B rocket uh, burnt up over the uh, Maldives with debris falling um, into the ocean. To tell us more, we're joined now by a very patient, Professor Quentin Parker from the Department of Physics and Director of the Space Search Laboratory at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Parker, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for for, for joining us. Uh, so, was there, was there any kind of a, any danger first of all, basically, with this stuff falling down like that? You know, to be honest, um, there's quite a lot of hype about this. Uh, you've probably got more chance of everybody in Pok Fulam simultaneously warning, winning the lottery than <laughs> actually having a piece of space debris fall on your head. Uh, first off, um, the planet is 70% water, so the chances are it's going to hit somewhere in the ocean. Second is, there's vast amounts of the land is not covered by uh, human habitation or cities, so it'll probably fall there. So the chance of it actually falling on you as an individual is probably one in hundreds of billions. So, yes, the risk is not zero, uh, but, you know, space debris has been falling down all the time. And, in fact, uh, asteroids, uh, sorry, small meteorites and uh, um, space dust are falling to Earth every day of the week. Um, the uh, you know the spokesman for the Chinese Foreign Ministry actually said that um, you know there's a special technical design for the rocket uh, and it'll sort of burn up on re-entry and unlikely to cause harm. Uh, how do you see this? Um, it's a very large piece of kit, many tons in weight and quite physically large. Um, so it depends on how the rocket is tumbling or not as it enters the Earth's atmosphere and how it gets uh, burnt up. The higher um, melting point metals may survive, and I do believe that some debris did land, uh, I think, to the um, uh, west of the Maldives. And so, yes, small small amounts of uh, burnt-up rocket can, can, in, can survive re-entry and land land in the ocean or, or, or indeed on, on someone's house. But uh, the chances of that are extremely low. Now, it's true that this was an uncontrolled re-entry and that large uh, vessels normally now have in their designs features that enable them, uh, the, the space uh, technology enables people controlling the launch and subsequent deployment of the satellites and then the uh, substage re-entry to actually do that in a much more controlled manner that's been done in the past. I mean, in the distant past, I mean, there was no control at all. Uh, and so it's not um, unusual, uh, it's just that it hasn't been anything of this size re-enter uncontrolled in, in a few decades. Was it an accident, or were we, could, because they're going to be launching more of these, aren't they? They're building a space station, is that right? And they, so yeah. be, is this going to happen again and again and again? 
It may do, or mm. um, uh, China may take some more remedial action in, in, in some of the design features of the rocket to enable a uh, more controlled re-entry. And I suspect with the negative publicity that has been around this, and I personally believe it's, it, it's given the extremely low risk, it's, it's, it's extremely hyped up. But nevertheless, the, the risk is real. It is there. Uh, it just got to get it in perspective. And I think uh, um, because of the publicity, I'm sure China will have a careful look at that and, and try to do better next time. Um, some people are actually concerned that this will cause harm to aviation activities. What, what do you make of that? <laughs> well, apart from in the realms of a science fiction movie where uh, an orbiting spacecraft uh, simultaneously hits uh, Air Force One in mid-flight, I, <laughs> I think the chances of two moving objects hitting each other uh, in relative speeds are very large, uh, are minuscule to say the least. So please don't be afraid if you're in your plane, if you're allowed to travel anywhere with COVID, that you're going to be hit by a piece of flying space debris because you're far more likely to win the lottery a thousand times over there, there is a lot of space debris isn't there though float, floating around uh and this is not a good habit to get into isn't it this is essentially littering uh, i mean you know how long can this go on i mean you're absolutely right i mean there's um 2,000 active satellites up there at the moment. There's another 3,000 satellites which are dead ones and no longer active. And there's at least 34,000 pieces of space junk greater than 10 centimetres in size. Now, don't forget, a tiny fleck of paint almost destroyed one of the space shuttles when it was uh, in orbit through the paint hitting one of the windows on the space shuttle. And that's because of the enormous kinetic energy. You know, kinetic energy is a half mv squared. So even though the weight of that paint is very tiny, the velocity v was really large, and so you have a lot of energy. So there's a lot of danger from space debris, uh, partly through um, the damage it can do to the space stations and to other satellites in orbit. And don't forget, if one satellite crashes into another, it creates an enormous debris field with bits and particles jetting off in all directions. And so, um, you know, there's a, I think there's an estimated 128 million pieces of space debris less than one centimetre in size. You know, and that fleck of paint was much less than one centimetre in size when it hit the window of the space shuttle. So it's a very serious problem. If you look at the map of the satellites and space debris up there orbiting the Earth, it looks like it's completely crowded out. But, uh, you know, there's a huge amount of space up there, many different levels of orbit. And so the chances are still quite low, but they're growing all the time. And something has to be done. And I guess this, those ones, they won't affect people on Earth because they will burn up when they go through the atmosphere. So they're really just a danger to other satellites or spacecraft. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, um, some bits of space debris uh, have actually fallen through the roof of a house. Mm. <laughs> so it's not completely unheard of, that, but nobody was injured. A bit of SpaceX mm. did it. A few months ago, didn't they? There were, there were, in America, there were... I mean, there's also the question of, you know, I think NASA sort of tutted a bit at the Chinese space program for doing this, but I don't... And I think uh, China said, well, you do it as well. Well, that's right. You are mean, they, you know... Are they as bad as each other, or do you know? <laughs> well, um, America was as bad as China is now when they're at the same stage of development of their space program, let's put it that way. So, I mean, it's a bit hard for you know, to go accusing uh, one nation of doing something that you yourself were doing, uh, you know, a decade or two in the past because, you know, things have moved on. But I'm sure China will do everything it can to be a good space citizen. I think that's the intention. And uh, it's in nobody's interest to uh, put a bad spin on, on, on space exploration and, uh, and the development of uh, the Chinese space station and manned man flights and, and deep space exploration because that's really, really good. It's a question of how you manage the risk and how you mitigate the, the problems of the debris. And there's an awful lot of work has been done on this in the last few years. 
Uh, but you did say that um, you know this has not happened in decades. Uh, you know, with the Long March Five uh, B rocket falling into the Indian Ocean like it did, um, and uh, uncontrolled entry, yeah, yeah. Uh, uncontrolled entry. So obviously, you know, uh, there has been criticism of, of China as not being um, you know responsible, or, or that you know it should have a more thoughtful mode, um, you know, of uh, sort of spacefaring. So how, how does it look like? What, what does a responsible spacefaring look like to you? Um, it's, obviously, it's a respect for the environment, both on our own planet and, and in orbit in space. Uh, and I think uh, most nations would, would, would agree that that's a good thing to do. I mean, it's because it's safety. I mean, you're putting billions of dollars of equipment into space, including, you know, the space station. If that space station is under threat through aberrant uh, debris, which is moving around in similar orbits at high relative velocities, then, you know, it'll rapidly things could get out of hand and we won't be able to put anything into space because everything keeps destroying itself and it's up there through all this debris. So it's a very serious issue. It does need to be managed by all spacefaring nations in a sensible, pragmatic and fair but also scientific way. Okay, one more comment from uh, Peter, uh, who says, uh, most Long March 5B rocket debris burned up during re-entry as expected. Uncontrolled re-entries of various rocket surges are not unusual and rather common practice since decades. The US had its fair share of uncontrolled re-entries. For example, SpaceX Falcon 9 stage re-entered over over Oregon, uh, Washington, I think that's Washington County in Oregon, earlier this year on the 25th of March. Uh, in comparison, there are 75 examples of Ariane 5 ECA upper, stage, upper stages re-entering uncontrolled. The European Space Agency doesn't want to talk about it right now. Also, <laughs> let's not forget that overall the US is responsible for most of the space debris. But as usual, the US now tries to shift the blame to others. That comes uh, from Peter. Is it, is it, are these sort of mistakes, basically? Is this where things go wrong, or are these plans? when you get these chunks falling down? Well, I mean, this is an unmanaged re-entry, so it's unplanned in that sense. I mean, even if you're managing an entry, it still burns up in the atmosphere and it can still debris can still land on the planet, just that you have more control, you think, of where that's actually going to be. You have more of a flight plan, you have more control of the orbit and you understand the timeline and the drag and the decay and, every, and the materials and how long it's going to burn up, and blah, blah, blah. Then you have a, you're able to calculate where you think it's likely to land. And that's what it means by controlled entry. If it's uncontrolled, the thing can be tumbling, you have no real uh, control over the, the, the velocity in which it started to enter the Earth's atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. So there's lots of different things there. But the previous speak, uh, caller, the one that left that message, is absolutely correct. I mean, but the thing here is the size of this, the size of this debris was what, nothing like as big as this had really entered in, in a few decades. That was the point. Not that there isn't other Ariannes and, and SpaceX, Falcon, whatever, entering. Of course they do. So it's, you know, <laughs> let's not uh, be hypocritical here. <laughs> Okay. Well, Professor Parker, many thanks for joining us. Quentin Parker, the Professor in the Department of uh, Physics and Director of the Space Research Laboratory at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us. A uh, quick comment from Dave. He says, radio suggestion, nine big hidden costs and process. This is about uh, getting someone to talk about immigration. British immigration in Hong Kong are not interested. They will just palm you off to the internet or onto legal advisors to contact. Uh, English immigration border control is a costly business through telephones and they also recommend that you get an advisor at a big cost an immigration officer from england on radio would be very useful you'll end up with an immigration consultant from england or hong kong that's from dave 
Uh, and on Facebook, uh, Horatio says, Permit me to address an email from your listener, Herman, yesterday concerning Chinese vaccines versus BioNTech. A very good friend of over 20 years works in the government at senior level. She told me they were all asked to seriously consider Sinovac because it is a traditional vaccine technology, whereas BioNTech is unproven, much like what Herman claimed. I explained to her the difference in efficacy and suggested she read up from reputable sources. I'm glad to let Herman know that she agreed with me 100% and she's completed her BioNTech vaccination. All one needs is independent thinking. That is from Horatio. Thank you very much indeed for that. Ada, thank you very much. The weather hot with sunny periods. Temperatures up to about 32 degrees, uh, a little bit higher in the new territories. Now it looks hot with sunny intervals in the next couple of days and also a few isolated showers. 29 Celsius now. Relative humidity is at 76%. I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to keep visit records. Remember to use the app to scan QR codes of designated venues. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time, the app will automatically alert you and give health advice. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out. Let's fight the virus. Scan with Leave Home Safe. 9.33, the news now with Samantha Butler. The Association for Democracy and People's Livelihood says its 19 district councillors will carry out their duties until the last minute to serve their grassroots supporters. This is despite dozens of their pro-democracy colleagues resigning recently over a refusal to pledge allegiance to the government. Howard Lee, the party's acting vice chair, says the future is very unclear after Beijing made electoral changes in Hong Kong, which he says target Democrats and add barricades to their work. The Israeli military has conducted airstrikes in the Gaza Strip on a day of escalating violence between the Palestinians and Israeli security services. Palestinian officials say 20 people, including nine children, were killed. And scientists say we now have the most precise information yet on the deepest points in each of the Earth's five oceans. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. The news is done and back chats through. And so it's time for the morning brew, yeah. Got special guests here in to speak. To maybe help you plan your week, yeah. They know just what is going on. Around Kowloon and Old Hong Kong. We've all been working with different concepts. Social media, they ridicule people, they come on the radio. Oh, he's that's tricky, he's a tricky one. But he's so eclectic. I think that this may actually save the royal family. So pass the word on right away. Pass the word on right away. Mid-mornings on our THK. Monday to Friday. 